At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. All right. Well, of course, we've got rational thoughts, but um, I like that bumper because it's a little bit funny for me, I guess. I guess enjoy that. And today's, um, man, I, I, I always say I'm excited about my guests, right? I always say the same thing. But today, I really mean it. No, I've always meant it. But it's a very, very big honor to introduce somebody who has actually impacted your life already, and you don't even know it, right? How can I know that? Well, his resume, his his bio is actually several pages long. We don't have time to read that. So I'm going to just go on the back of his book for a little bit here so you get a feel for this guy, right? He's um, He founded a company you've heard of called Stamps.com, right? It's a NASDAQ registered company and you know, provide internet shipping and, and um, mailing solutions, right? Um, he's a su- successful venture capitalist and he's raised over $450 million in public and private offerings for stamps, investments, and IAB holdings. He graduated with honors in mechanical engineering from uh, uh, the uh, Combatory Institute of Technology in India. He has an MS degree in aeronautics from California Institute of Technology and a PhD in astrodynamics from control from UCLA. He studied law at the University of West Los Angeles and a member of the California Bar since 1986. And when I say he's affected our lives, folks, I mean, you know, he's so humble about this, but yeah. He's worked at like a lot of agencies with three letters in it, but one four-letter agency called NASA, where they invented a little thing, him and his team invented a little thing called uh, GPS. Maybe you've heard of that. So he's already impacted our lives tremendously. He's about to do it again and a bunch of things he's got coming up. So I'd like to introduce to you my good friend and guest, Mohan Anada. Mohan, how are you today? Thank you, Doug. It's so kind of you to be so generous. Thanks again. Yeah. So your book... You can hold up your copy, too. We can show our book covers, right? Hold up your book. There we got it. Look at that. Autobiography of an Immigrant, right? And that's that's your name. I don't think that's your picture there, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, a, we, it's a good-looking we chose, Indian. We chose a good-looking girl instead of your face. I don't it's know a, why. You're a good-looking man, but it's she's It's a better much better-looking Indian. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> and I love this cover, not the fact that we designed it, but the fact that it does show it's, it's an autobiography of an immigrant with the American flag. And this beautiful one from India, right? No relation, but yeah, she's more, uh, she catches your eye faster. And I got to say something, you know, it's like we do a lot of books for people and very rarely do we do memoirs, autobiographies, because most people just, you know, they had a life, they've done a few things, but they didn't play in the lawn with Indira Gandhi. You know, they didn't invent GPS. They didn't go public with a $6.6 billion company. So you doing a memoir is actually very appropriate. Um, but I'd like to find out, because you're still working. You got more things coming up here. So why did you choose now to, to write this book? Thank you. Thank you. I didn't you know, choose now in the sense. What really happened was uh, I always wanted to uh, write a book which will become a, like a historical thing for my family, my children, my grandchildren, and the you know uh, lineage thereafter. So I thought it would be good, you know, coming from India, they may not have all the information. That's the original thought of uh, the the you know writing the book. The concept came, uh, 
and then uh, it's a, it's not the primary activity because i was always busy doing other things but slowly but steadily i write few pages now and then later so it took almost two years to finish the book and in the last year because of the pandemic though my travel uh, became less and that kind of uh, helped to uh, expedite the process and obviously the book came out about a week back and i've had a very very interesting and uh, a good feedback that people enjoy the book so it, it, there is something interesting there and uh, uh, quite interesting you know it's um i've often joked i said you're like the indian version of forrest gump you know you've uh, you've met what bobby kennedy the gandhis you know you you've been around the block you've you've met a lot of uh you know historical people and what you've done however is the most interesting thing to me is that you've been involved in historical moments in in business with the things you've you've touched and been involved with so i just mentioned too the gps thing and stamps but there's a bunch of other things you've done too in terms of you mentioned cloud computing and and ai and robotics so of all the things you've seen in the past and been involved with which is the one that that you're most uh, in, most interesting to you that's a that's a tough question that's a really no. difficult question uh, initially I, i'm being an astrophysicist so i'm more interested at the time when i was young uh, more looking at uh, the universe as a uh, you know generally looking at the whole planetary system and i was kind of in the mini research team in the gravitational theory the gravity that was my interest so in order to get the information about the the, the more about gravity uh, we were the, that that at nasa jpl we were having missions to various planet i mean going to the planet is to understand about uh, the even though it is going around mars or venus or some other planet it is to understand more about the geophysics how the earth was formed and in order to understand that you want to know what the earth gravitational field is so it's very abstract theory and that 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 science astrophysical science was my interest initially and of course i started contributing in the area of navigating to the various planets in order to navigate in fact i coined the term originally called autonomous navigation this has to be autonomous to the extent where you know when you go to a, like a mars for example you want to get into the mars orbit how do you insert into mars orbit how accurately you can if you make an error it will you know go somewhere else so then it's a, you lose the the whole uh, satellite so those are something i i got interested in and then i of course got into gps the gps is a a kind of a a continuation of that interplanetary navigation because navigation is knowing places so gps the, in the early uh, conceptual stage it's purely a defense system meaning uh, the it's a weapon system how do you augment the weapons to accurately uh, navigate to the target 
So if you want to, for example, any missile wants to bomb a particular silo or a particular building, you have to other, you have to have a, a clear navigation system. Otherwise, you may waste. So you can't. You don't want to waste the the weapon system. So the GPS is used to that, and and in order to be that, GPS has to be secure. So that's some of the areas I worked on, and those are amazingly complex. Uh, same time. Uh, it's very challenging and very satisfying. And you also feel you have contributed to the society at large, not to, not to have war, but to prevent war. Meaning uh, if yeah. you have better weapon system, probably mm -hmm. there's no, no conflict. So that those are some of the really interesting work I have done. Yeah. I remember when GPS first came out, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a private pilot. And uh, they said, well, we're going we're gonna to make it so you can navigate, generally speaking, but you can't get too narrow because that's, you said, military and proprietary. But then they changed it. And they said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and make it so it's accurate to within a few feet so my Uber driver knows where I'm standing now. What happened when they – I know it used to be more secure. Where you, they had a um, – it was, it was looser. It wasn't really that accurate. And then they made it accurate for the public. Um, how did they decide to make that change? I think that's an incident in uh, during the Reagan administration. What happened was there was a, a, a real flight airline, which was flying in Korean airline, flying over the Russia by mistake, and the Russians shot it down. And right. almost 400 people died. And mm -hmm. Reagan that day determined to give uh, GPS to the to the private, meaning everybody. Wow. He said full accuracy to the G because if there was GPS at the time in that plane, that yeah. would not have happened because right. the navigation GPS is extremely accurate. I mean, mm -hmm. you, as you said, it's uh, it's as good as uh, less than a feet or even less. So, but here they they kind of went off hundreds of miles by yeah. their you know, a different system. So that, that that prompted and subsequently it became all the full accuracy is available to anybody. I mean, right. in fact, right. even some of the other countries use GPS. <laughs> the yeah. potential, your, you know, sure. adversaries can get the GPS as well. That's right. They open sourced it. So, yeah. Mohan, you're astrophysicist, you're an attorney, you're an entrepreneur, and, you know, you've also like, you know, raised billions of dollars for, for different things. I'm really curious about the other values that people need to know about of your book. Certainly it's a legacy book for your family, but you cover a lot of things there that I think entrepreneurs can also learn from. Can you mention some of those things about the looking towards the future for our business? Yes, I, I have a two real additional objectives. The first is the, the legacy for my it's children. Yeah. But the two other uh, real objectives is because of my kind of vast experience, I came as a young person to in Pasadena uh, here in California in 1967. So it's 54 years. So this is quite a long experience. And I believe it's a very productive experience. So I think uh, my whatever I have learned, I tried to put that into the book for one, all young people, every young person, I think it will be valuable to read. That will give them the certain 
appreciation of somebody who went through coming from a, a, a foreign country, come to a strange place and, uh, you know, the experiences of uh, adopting it and, uh, uh, you know, going through the daily life with the challenges, uh, you know, difficulties, uh, maybe even some successes and all those experiences presented in such a way it would become almost like a role model or a, something to look at it and maybe even follow some of the things I have done would be very valuable to the young people. That's a, the, the first objective. Then second objective is really those who want to start, whether you're young or middle-aged or even older, if you're going to start a company, even small business or some really a business which will grow into multi-billion dollar companies. I think I have gone through that and I have kind of showed some of the, the important elements to follow. So in the, actually in the end of the book, I have certain advices, you know, I kind of enumerated that, that can follow, but that experiences, especially in a, starting a business, as I always said, there are three important things. One is the, the 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 people, the team. The second is the the product or service what you're going to do, and the third obviously is the capital. You know, all are important, but the team is the most important. I'll, I've gone through that that aspect in the book very you know clearly, so that will give them idea how to actually pull it together. And as you grow, what all the things need to be done. You know, for example, just to give a intellectual property, how do you value it? How do you make sure I, and how that can be monetized properly? So there are a lot of ideas which may be very valuable, even though you may not do everything exactly the way I said. But the, this is more like a, in a way, it's like a cookbook. It's there. Somebody has done it and somebody has uh, uh, accomplished it. But one more thing, the failure is part of the game. There will be failures, but failures, you should not fall back and say, oh, I got, I, I lost it and I'm going to stop it and go. No, failure is an opportunity to learn. It's a step towards success. So that is very important. In fact, whenever somebody starts, there is a possibility. Everybody cannot really be successful instantly. There is no, there are, you know, you will come back and say, okay, I lost this one. I lost that one, but you have gained the, the knowledge of so I, I I primarily put it more like a even though it is an autobiography, it's more like a, a proprietary. I, I I don't want to say it like a cookbook, but there is some similarity to that. I don't know whether I have I have addressed your question, Doug. Totally, yeah. It's if as a, any entrepreneur, small, medium, or large um, entrepreneur, it's a great book to give you not just inspiration. But maybe not a recipe, but maybe like a roadmap or a blueprint on, on, on making sure that yeah, that failure piece is uh can be discouraging, but you got to keep going. If I if you were going to talk to a young person, you know, somebody who's just getting into the career or going to go to going to college, one of the things I was fascinated with was obviously your your past, what you've done, but also your vision for the future. Um, a lot of people look at the future. And they don't get a whole lot of good news out there. It's inflation and and tension and divisiveness and culture wars, all that stuff. You know, you and I are we're positive people. I look towards the the bright side of things. 
But in terms of business, um, if you were going to give a blank slate to somebody, is there a particular industry or skill set or something you'd recommend people look at? Okay, that's a very good question. Let me just add on to what you said. I, I consider myself as a half full guy rather than half empty. Meaning mm -hmm. that you know, drinking the glass of water, it's a, it's a, you can say it's a half empty or you can say it's a half full. I, am, I, I consider half full in the sense I see positive things in anything. There is always positive. I mean, there is always negative too. But if you don't believe in you, nobody else is going to believe in you. More than, you know, you have to believe yourself. You think uh, the, the thought process should come, I can do it. Yeah. I will succeed. I will make it happen. That positive things give you positive vibration and that positive things take you to the, the right destination. I mean, you do have to do planning. You need to know where you want to go. You need to come yeah. up with the, the roadmap. You need to have the navigation tools. You need to yeah. have the team. You need to have all the aspects, but you need to have the vision that I can accomplish. And I'm, yeah. I, I would say I am uh, clearly one of the examples of that. For example, just to, as we speak, just last week, I completed an IPO uh, for $230 million successful IPO of a SPAC. Most people don't know what SPAC is. Let me kind of just to take a take a little you know detour. Uh, the book has some, but I have not addressed because that was yeah. written before this whole process came into yeah. being. SPAC stands for it's like a special purpose acquisition company, SPAC, and which is something new. No, but not really new. It was there uh, for a few years, uh, but it is become much more popular and much more valuable in the last two years. 2019, it really became good. And 2020, it's, it's really grew. And 2021 uh, is, is actually grown much faster. And I'm going to make a prediction. Okay, but this before that, I want that to be compared to SPAC is a, a way to for private companies to go public through demerger. Whereas generally most people do, or most companies do, they go public directly through the, the IPO process. The IPO stands for a, a initial public offering. That initial public offering is done through having an investment banker. They you know go through the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission has all kinds of regulatory requirements. We have to meet all those things. And the investment banker presents you, goes through it, and then take to the actual market and get the market, raises the capital. That's the process. And I have done it uh, three times before. I've done it for in the NASDAQ for stamps.com. And I worked with uh, InvestNet in the New York Stock Exchange and another company in London Stock Exchange. So I'm familiar with the IPO process. Now, SPAC is something, as we said, it's new. One advantage of SPAC is there is no company. There is no financials. There is no, uh, you know, people don't need to look at how much is your revenue, how much is your profit, what things are, how you grow. All are not there. As a matter of fact, the, in order to have the SPAC in place, you should not have any discussion with the uh, uh, 
potential companies you may want to bring in prior to raising the capital. And uh, that's a, the requirement. So now I, I have raised this $230 million. So now I'm talking to uh, companies and companies where hopefully we will uh, do the demerger and the, the transaction is complete. And then that company becomes public. That's the process. So the, here, the, the reason I brought it up, uh, in this, while we were, I was doing, uh, working on the book, I was also working on this, uh, this this back adventure in in the you know because it's something new to me I've not done before but the 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 most important thing is put the best team together the best team meaning the capable you know you have a, a board the board of this corporation and then you also need the partners like the, you need an investment banker you need a co-sponsor co you need a a, a good uh, legal uh, law firm supporting all the legal requirements even though i'm a lawyer but i need a, a real guidance from the experts then you need a accounting uh, help and you need a auditor so it's a it's a it's a lot of real experts in the field pull it together and go through and we were extremely successful in fact you know i don't want to go into the details when we went for 200 million and we got significant uh, oversubscription. That means people were happy about our team and people were ready to put money in, they were betting on what we, we can accomplish going forward. So that was a very positive thing. So uh, I don't know where I started, Doug. <laughs> so I just want to give you that that uh, story about the my my uh, experience, which is not really in the that much, but it, that is kind of mentioned that I'm going to be involved. Now we are already in it and we have come out and now the, my job is to find the, the appropriate company for uh, yeah. demerger. Is the um, what's the difference between a SPAC and just like a like a private equity firm that's got a bunch of money to go and, and buy something? What's the difference between those two? Is a SPAC it's public a, or lot of difference? That is a that's a very good question. It's a significant difference. When a private yeah. equity company buys, the company is still private. Oh, so okay. you don't have any. Okay. For example, I did the private equity company buying. I had a public company to start with. The public company stamps.com was sold to a private equity for cashing out. You're cashing. See, we sold it for $6.6 .6 billion, meaning mm -hmm. they have to write a check for $6.6 .6 billion. I mean, that's a, then they own it. They can do whatever they want. That's up to them. We don't have any now participation as an example. But uh, going through a SPAC, you are becoming a public company, yeah, meaning... Okay. Any value increase, you you mm -hmm. become. Uh, I mean, you, you don't get the cash, meaning you can liquidate hundred percent. But the growth is where you create wealth. The wealth creation is by growing. So mm -hmm. good management, management want to succeed and grow. Uh, you have to go public and not to sell it. Because another thing is new when a, a company is bought by a private equity or generally private equity transaction, the multipliers are small. I mean, I don't know that. Let me walk you through the, that scenario. Yeah. This may be interesting. A, a, like if you have a grocery shop and you want to sell it to uh, somebody that want to retire, you want to sell it. Generally, the, the, the value you get is the net profit times 
three or four or five. That's the, the general value. And when the private equity, you know, a bigger company takes private, it's still you may get maybe six, seven or eight or some, some valuation like that. But when you go to the public market, the valuation could be 12 or 15 times. So there is a very, very attraction to going public because public means everything is open. There is no under the table handling because everything has to be disclosed. You have to file periodic reports. It's it's fully audited. So you can trust. Uh, I mean, of course, there are exchanges outside US. They don't do that that much. But in the US market, we have a, a very, very strict, well-organized SEC and they look for everything they want to make sure so you can trust so you can people can invest without really worrying about but private transactions there is no such disclosure requirement it's internal it's between parties but all public transactions are extremely open transparent so that because of that that value is good and people you know you take it you know you can benefit by it so that is very important that if you want to, you know, do between the private equity transaction versus public transaction. Okay. So yeah, the um the original question, and we got a great tangent. I love hearing about this stuff. Was a young person who wants to get involved. You mentioned about being, you know, inspired and and not most of us don't have a team in place where we can go and raise a quarter of a billion dollars. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know. I guess I could try, but. I think probably for the brand new entrepreneur, or maybe the person who wants to buy their first company, either way, um, is there a particular industry or area that you like better than something else? I, I, I'm into digital technology. Digital technology yeah. meaning, you know, when you have a, a, a hard assets, that will become capital intensive. That means you have to buy all the equipment, manufacturing, all kind of uh, that. That requires much larger capital. That's a, an interesting path to take. That's not my kind of passion. I am into, into digital technology in the sense uh, e-commerce or uh, anything to do with uh, uh, internet using uh, you know transactions. Uh, intelligence, artificial intelligence, or robotics, uh, things which really involves the, the, the current state of the art, which we have a very, very high potential going forward. The future would be extremely, extremely uh, valuable to them. It, that's where I am interested. So looking at uh, any, any kind of uh, uh, using technology, also, healthcare technology. Health is, you know, in the conventional healthcare is, you know, kind of a very old. Um, but the new technology delivery, uh, even uh, instrumentation and uh, pharmaceutical, the analysis, research, all those are really happening using the 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 current advanced technology using artificial intelligence. So that's a that's an area I'm, I yeah. I am interested. Yeah. And I, I was talking to um, uh, the, the chief data scientist for Intel a few months ago. I just got back from a conference where I met a bunch of people in your space, the startups and entrepreneurs raising capital and the amount of new things coming out. I mean, one guy is a physician and they've developed a way to start growing synthetically 
like body parts, like cartilage, things that are really hard to like do. I'm like, is that 3D printing? He says, no, no, no. It's actual protein-based, you know, cellular structure. They're going to start growing. I'm like, this is a massive thing. And when I talk to like kids in college or whatnot, I, I say, number one, go read this book. And number two, the three things you mentioned when we when we talked about your book was cloud computing, AI, robotics, I think. But you don't have to be a scientist to get involved with this stuff. There's plenty of opportunities, not just in engineering and science, but in marketing, in finance, and HR. Almost all skill sets are going to be involved with this new revolution that we're certainly seeing right now. Is that would that be fair? Exactly. You, you cannot be you cannot be knowledgeable in everything. It's a, it's a, it's a, not well, a practical. You can. But it is good. No, not really. Not really. You have to be good in something, whatever that something is. You have to be an expert in that. But your ability to pull the team together, the best mind. If, you know, if you go into, for example, you know, artificial intelligence uh, or cloud computing, to take those two, you you have to have that initial knowledge what it is. But then everything else can be brought into. To as a team, and you, of course, when you bring people, it, it's a very, it's extremely important to to look at two two things. One, the, the, can they work as a team? It's very you know they have to be have that integrity, honesty, those characteristics, and the team player. It has to be a team. It's individually you can't succeed. It's a teamwork. That's one. The second, they have to have their expertise in one area. For example, take lawyers. You do need a, a good legal uh, help because we are living in a, a legal society. Means you have to meet all. Like for example, going through SEC, you need to make sure that everything is done by the book. That means you need that that expertise. Same like for example, in accounting, everything has to be properly accounted for, and auditing has to be done, of course, internally, and you have to do it externally to get an objective audit. But you have to prepare everything so the external person can easily just look at it and make sure everything is okay. But in, you need to have the right team. And so, you know, of course, marketing, customer acquisition is one of the most valuable things in growth. Whether uh, you, you know, I mean, people sometimes think, you know, they will come to you. Uh, they will, you know, we have a, such a great product. People will come to you. That may be true to some extent, but you need a, a good marketing because the information has to be delivered to people. People have to know. Like even my book, I, I know it is a great book in, according to me, but some people have to know there is a book. So that marketing is is a, is an extremely important. So you need to have like you know I would generally recommend. In fact, the book says what the you need a chief executive officer, which is like a you know the person who orchestrates the the, the team together, like at this symphony. He conducts the the symphony music, but then you need a a chief uh, uh, technology officer. Because if it is technology based, and I'm, I mean, suggesting even if it is not technology based, you may need a chief technology officer, but then you need a chief financial officer, CFO. So, for example, then you need a chief 
marketing officer so that the marketing work would be done and you even need i think a chief strategic officer there is needs to be a strategic partnership with the people other companies and various customers or even you know you may sell product with the help of the other partners so you need a, a strategy so there are different depending over if you of healthcare technology you need a chief medical officer so you need a, all kind of different uh, caliber people put together and you know it, it's a function of the the product or service you are doing but you do need a right team. So initially when you start the company you have to wear all the hats because you don't have the the luxury of the the people as well as the capital so but then slowly but steadily the, those people should be brought in and they take responsibility and then the company can grow together you so, know i i interviewed a gentleman years ago who sold this company for 100 million dollars and i said what's the you know what's the key to success right how did you if you could get, if you could summarize this thing in a sentence or two and he was very wise. He's very, very similar to what you said. He goes, "Well, I only hire people that I'm that I'd be comfortable having over for dinner, and I never expect them any expectation. Any expectations I have, if they get to eighty percent, that's that's good enough, because no one is going to be as working as hard as a founder. I'm I'm sure you can agree with that. But if you if you like them, if you trust them, if you got a good vibe about them, that was his indicator." Now, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting when I see people build companies and, and, and put people on their team. A lot of time it's based on proximity or their past, right? It's like, hey, I know Fred from my previous job. Let's bring him in. But is there any advice you'd give somebody in like vetting or finding, putting together your all-star team? Sounds like it's very important. There must be a, you have a process for that or is it instinct? Okay, it's a, it's a it's a combination of both. But let me can you tell you from my experience, I have yeah. put together a number of teams. I have put because a number of companies, and I've been so maybe I'm lucky more than anything, but lucky that all the teams I put together, they lasted for a long time, long meaning. Like the stamps example. I started uh, in 96 and uh, we, I left in 2021, 20, it's 25 years. Many of my initial people we brought together, they stayed along 20 years, 15 years, or you know, 10 years, I mean, long-term, depending upon the time when they came in. Generally, once uh, they are there, they don't leave because this is a, a, a ideal place to work. It's very challenging very interesting. Also, you know, you have to treat them very fairly. You know, people don't work, uh, you know, of course, not just for the money, but they, they, you have to give them the respect. They, you know, they come up with ideas. It, that's more than money. You know, you can give them high salary or even a lot of stock options, but if you don't value their input, then it's not good. So, because people are very creative, so you should recognize that the senior management or top person should not think it's my way or highway. No, he. It's a, these people would give ideas, and if you bring that into into use, 
they are much more satisfied than high compensation or high bonus or high stock options. But of course, those things are essential because that's a that's the way they stay together. They 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 want to feel like they own the company. They are part of the ownership. So that is very important. But in hiring, the first thing I look at it, of course. I am, I'm, you know, I come from a fairly good educational background. So it is very important. I mean, people, those are not, you know, well qualified. We don't consider because it's not then proper to work. So the, the background is, it's important. But more than that, it, the background alone is not enough. I have to, I mean, in my case, I always have a conversation uh, with them. I mean, you know, like a, a very social, having a dinner or lunch or conversation. I have to feel they are totally honest. Honesty, integrity, and being a team player. I mean, that ingredient is the, you, you know, if they may make mistakes. There is nothing wrong. Everybody, I make mistakes. In fact, I've probably done more mistakes than many, many other people I know. So mistakes making is not a problem. But you have to be totally transparent. I mean, very you, you you the character of the integrity is extremely important because if you have one member of the team is not good, then the whole thing is like almost like saying in the bucket of uh, apples, one apple is rotten, then everything gets can get rotten. So that that is one above and all. I look at them. I mean, that may be a, a, an instinct because you don't, you can't really know how the person is real honest, but you get a feeling and that that part, not the education is not the gut feeling. Those are, you know, those, that can be verified, validated, but the, the, the character is, is extremely important. So I, I kind of addressed, I think, your question, Doug. Absolutely. And whoops, there we go. Um, you know, it's 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 very vital actually to get um, the right person. A combination of instincts and um, you know some due diligence is always a good idea. Um, before we wrap up here on this amazing book, autobiography of an immigrant. Let me get the shining out. There we go. Autobiography of an immigrant. Um, you know, shameless plug here. We helped you with this book a little bit. So if you don't mind telling the audience what that experience was like in terms of the. You know, editing and the cover and launching and all stuff. What was that like for you? Oh, I, I, I consider Doug, but for Doug, this would not have happened. Let's put it that way. I mean, he, he has been instrumental because I, I am, you know, to some extent in these type of things, very lazy because it's a, it's this is not a priority because this is more like a fun. And when you do fun, you that becomes the last. But Doug has been. It's like a, a you know a pillar in my this process, and obviously the person who really did a lot of work with me is uh, Jen. Jen, uh, he is, is an amazing person. Uh, of course, she's very pretty. <laughs> that makes it better, and she has helped me to to finish the book. And she did all the editing, and she, of course, she will ask me the the you know what my input is and we work as a team together and that has been a wonderful if anybody wants to write a book my recommendation is i mean with no reservation this is Doug did not tell me this <laughs> call that and get jen <laughs> those two things if you do the product would become 
fantastic I'm, i mean you have to some writing too but here yeah, those two are the more important ingredient well, did we, i say we, it? i mean i was not exaggerating i i just want to be totally uh, you know candid and truthful thank you very much we we love working together we're a great team and um working with working with interesting authors makes our job fun as well but we yeah, had as a business of course well, this so. is a service you are doing i mean it's in a book is a it's such a valuable thing it lasts for ever i mean you know whatever that it has you know so i i think you making you know this thing to happen in fact you don't need to be a, a famous person or a capable accomplished person people should write because it's a story whether you're a you know like a businessman made a lot of money or mm -hmm. person who has seen things just walking around i mean they should write their stories and if, if somebody like if they meet Doug and make that happen i think it is a the children should read as many like my grandchildren my children and grandchildren they read in fact they are like a bookworms they read so many books but it is important to have these things available i mean people mm -hmm. have to create so uh, what you are doing is a is an amazing service no question uh, about it thank you very much we got to wrap up i we'll have well, i'm sure we'll talk again i want to talk more about the specs of actually so what's let's <laughs> chat again in a few weeks and go through that stuff in detail folks the book is called autobiography of an immigrant by mohan and man, it's a it's a great read. It'll definitely inspire you. And Mohan, stick around a second. We're gonna close the show for today, but I want to ask you a quick question. We're done here, so thank you again. Appreciate you on the show today. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It is a pleasure being part of your. I mean, I, I've been on your show a few times. I mean, I would love to continue to be on those. Thanks again. Always invited. Thanks. All right, that wraps up uh, the show for today. Please go ahead and click below, subscribe, download some show notes. Um, you'll get some good information there from Ohan, uh, best-selling author, and man, what a luminary and a visionary. Thanks again. I'll see you later.